Ride On Writers, and welcome back to the Books by Adrian author platform. This is Typewriters Podcast, the companion show to Livestream Sunday. On Livestream Sunday, we uh, talk to our guests about their life and career as an author and their books. On this show, we decompress a little bit, we kick back, and we talk more about the craft. It's just authors talking about authorly stuff, how to, how we write and all that kind of good stuff. So stick around if you want to get a little bit more into the process of things uh, with our guest today, which is Z Laxin, the author of Reverie and Revenant and an unnamed third book that uh, she's being very mysterious about and I can't wait to learn more about. So let's go ahead and, of course, like, comment, subscribe, all of that good jazz. And let's go ahead and bring her out, Miss Z Laxin. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. So for you and I, it has been about five minutes. For everyone else, it has been about five days. Time travel-y, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. So uh, I will allow you to introduce yourself one more time to folks who are just tuning in, uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you're currently working on. Z Laxon from Chicagoland, and I write YA Magical Realism. My Wool Gathering series has three books in it, well, two and one coming soon. You have Reverie, Revenant, and the third book is coming in the beginning of 2023. All right. Now, I'm about to show my ignorance a little bit here. Maybe you can oh, help good. me. Is there a big difference between Chicago and Chicago land? Are these two different things? Are they one and the same? I'm not from Illinois. What's going on there? No, they are two different things. So Chicago is a city that everybody knows. And Chicagoland is very, very far away from the city, but nobody else knows where that is. So you have to say Chicago as your point of reverence. Is it like is it like the, the suburbs of Chicago? It's or is the, it far suburbs. the far suburbs. It's a very, very... Oh, it's a whole nother city. It's, com it's so many different cities all around. But it's considered Chicagoland because you can drive to Chicago. I don't know. It's just like a distance Yeah, it doesn't make between... any sense, but okay, I'll give it to you. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not Chicago. It's not even the same county. You know, it's just, it's really up north. But if you say where it is, everyone's like, I have no idea where that is. So I think people just gave up and just said, Chicagoland. Chicagoland with an eye roll and a shrug. That's the that's the official name <laughs> to say, Chicagoland. Um it's funny because it makes you think of all those cities that named themselves after an awesome city, like like Paris, <laughs> Tennessee, or, or or whatever, or like uh, I believe there's which a, are all in Illinois. No, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a uh, there's a oh, what, there's a London in uh, in in Canada. There's it's like what are you doing? You're just confusing everybody. <laughs> I like to think of it as Disneyland, but without the trams. See, but then you have Disneyland and Disney World. And I say Disney World and people are like, you're going to California? And I'm like, no, that's Disneyland. I'm talking about Disney World. Yeah. So wait till you find out about Chicago World. Oh, no, just no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we established that you started out as a little bit of a, of a pantser in your first book. You, you shifted more into the, the plotter way of things for your second book um and that's just me going <laughs> one more on my side come come to me because oh, i don't understand yes. pantsers i just i don't understand 
I don't get it. Like, how do you how do you make sure that all the things are in there? You need the things that make it a story. And without the, <laughs> I, I I can't fat. But you know what? To each their own. Stephen King, whatever, get it done. That's fine. <laughs> Um, it's really funny because one of my best friends, um, author, she's a pantser, a complete pantser. Oh. And she's always telling me, I don't understand how you do it. What? And I'm like... <laughs> it's so funny, right? We're, we're, we, we think about it so differently because to them, it, it feels like handcuffs to plot out your story ahead of time. And mm -hmm. to us, we're just like, um, you're, you're telling me to go for a drive in the mountains at night with no headlights? <laughs> and that's no. what they love about it, actually. They, yeah, you they, know, to them, it's thrilling. To me, it. I'm like, that's terrifying. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I need road signs. I need a map. <laughs> I need headlights. I need, I need my, my GPS. I need my GPS. And I need yeah. it to correspond with the map because if they're conflicting, then I got to stop and pull over and figure this out. <laughs> right. I can. The good thing about the GPS is that you can add stops along the way. You know, yeah. it's not a new drive. It's just like add another stop. See, it's we can relate deal. anything to writing. I've got, I've got uh, one of the guys that was in the chat in Livestream Sunday, Ben Pick. His channel is called Running to Write. And his entire shtick is every video he puts up, he gives what he calls questionable writing advice <laughs> through running metaphors. Everything is related to running. Wow. And I'm like, that's such a like specific, like how do you not run out of metaphors <laughs> like after three wow. episodes? He's been, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's quite the challenge for him, I'm sure. He's, he's a very interesting dude. He runs a lot. <laughs> it's all about that running. Um, well, okay. when you think about it, I think I can relate anything to food. So, hmm. well, see, there you go. Yeah, or cooking. Yeah, uh, I, I relate. Uh, you know, writing a novel to cooking all the time. You know, um, uh, especially when it comes to the whole like plotter thing. You know, having everything. When I when I go see my if my wife was a writer, which she's not, but if she was, she would be a pantser, because when she cooks, she's the one that like puts the pan on, turns on the heat, gets the meat, throws it in there, blah, blah, blah. And exactly. it's a there's a mess everywhere. The kitchen is madness. And, and and I come in and I'm like, it better be delicious because this mess <laughs> is like really stressing me out right now. Meanwhile, when I cook, I get all the ingredients out, all the spices, everything I need for the entire prep. All of the utensils, all, the meat is all defrosted. Everything is ready. And when I, I've gone through my checklist, I've got everything. Okay, now I turn the heat on the pan. Now I get started. And as I use the things, I'm putting them back where they go. You know, I'm uh, I'm done with the salt. I never need the salt again. Put it away. And, I, and, and by the time I'm done cooking and putting stuff on the plates, everything is already gone and everything is put away and and it's, there's all this left is just the dishes in the sink when i'm done that's it okay the, the you know what in real life that's how i do. in real life i'm a complete pantser i'm on your yeah. wife's side <laughs> in life i'm a pantser in my writing madness. i'm a plotter madness meanwhile my friend who is a pantser in writing is a complete plotter in real life i was gonna so say she's probably ocd about everything in real life <laughs> yes like she scheduled everything in 2023 already and she's asking me like oh so what's your schedule like in i don't know march and i'm like i'm trying to figure out march. tomorrow yeah like <laughs> i don't know what i'm having for dinner today like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> but writing, but my writing, I know where my story is going to go. I know what's going to happen to my characters. Yeah. So it's very different. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, me, I, I usually start with a title. You know, we were talking in live stream Sunday that, that it's crazy to start with like a description of your story and do it backwards. I, I start with a title, to be honest with you. A title will come to me and I'm like, I know what that entire story is I, I, from that title. I know oh, exactly no, what no. story I want to tell. And then I, I write that. Not for me. <laughs> That's do, not how it works for me. <laughs> do, do titles come difficult to you? Do they come at the end? Like, uh, you know, do you struggle with the titles? What's up with that? Yeah, the titles come out like near the end. It's an end project is the titles. And the reason why I'm keeping the third one secret is because I put it up on like Facebook and social media. If, they, if anyone can guess what the third book title is. At the rate that everyone's going, I might actually make it a prize. At first, I was like, oh, it's just for fun. Who gets to it first? But I'm like, wow, we're 38 comments in and no one's figured it out yet. You know what? I'm going to put something on this thing. Yeah, yeah. So now they, there's a prize like involved. A, a signed uh, hardcover or something, right? Oh, yeah. I'm all about the merch. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> We've got merch. Yeah, I'm like... I've got merch too. <laughs> Nobody buys it, but I've got it. It's it's sitting there. Right, it's for you. It's for you. It's so yeah, that you've got it on the it's shelf. Nice. Yeah, it's so nice when to you know. put your books up there, you've got like something next to it. And it yeah, I saw. Totally don't you have like legit. some kind of like uh, like uh, uh, is it lotion or cocoa butter or something? I saw like a like a like a tin of something in in your store. It's candles. It's a candle? Oh, yeah, so and the candle. Oh, and that experience was awesome, right? So I went to a local candle maker, right? And the process was amazing. It made me feel so legit. So <laughs> I said, I want I want this candle. So first, the first candle was for Reverie. And I go, oh, I want it to be like very much like the book. And she's like, well, tell me about it. Tell me about what the theme is like, <laughs> what the feelings are like. Yes, you know, she was like, okay, and I said, well, you know, my character loves candy, so I kind of wanted to have like a cotton candy kind of thing, sweet, you know, but like, it's romantic and magical, and she gave me a bunch of different like uh, metal, like metal tins, where she had poured different smells, right, Aromas. some fragrances that she mixed in certain portions, and she goes, okay, let it sit, and then come back in a few days, Tell me which one, two, three, four, or five is what you're looking for, more or less. And then we've got all that. And it's a proprietary blend. So nobody else can have that scent. It's specific for Reverie. And then when Revenant came around, I was like, okay, I want it to have like more of like uh, a snow kind of smell, more wintry. And they're like, okay. So they had to mix some different ones. And then I'm like, okay, this one. So I felt so cool. Like, how do you feel? It's like feeling in total merchandise where you're just walking down the factory and you're like, mm, no, not this. Yeah. Mm, mm. No, not this. Ah, there. Right. So you <laughs> feel like you're on top of the world. It's totally legit. That's I'm awesome. so happy. That's really cool. <laughs> and to, to have like, you know, creative input in the process and connecting it to the book. That's awesome. That's really cool. It, it now expands I want the world. To buy a candle. <laughs> And your book yes. and light the candle and read the book at the same exactly. time. Exactly. It's supposed to expand the world, right? So I've had readers do that. They'll light it. And then while they're reading, they're like, oh, it reminds me of London, you know, and everything. So that's dope. See, I keep thinking about like, like what I wanted to do for mine was uh, a, I want to have a soundtrack. Like I want to get like a composer <sighs> to make a whole soundtrack for my book. Yes. And, and you can just throw it on and like listen to it. Yes. While you read. Obviously, lyricless, like. You know, score, background. Yeah, mood, mood music. Yeah, yeah, but that, but the thing with that is that everybody reads at different speeds, and then like, you know, like how how do I know like where in the story? Okay, they are, so if, yeah. here's my suggestion: your track needs to be titled Chapter One, Chapter Two. Mm. <laughs> 
Well, the so other, they play it when they're in that chapter. The other way to do it is to lean hard on the whole we're in the future thing, right? Because I thought about the ebook version of my novel slash audiobook version and the idea of putting them on an app and just have it like create my own app and when you want to buy my book you buy you just buy the app download the app you have the the ebook you have the audio interactive you can switch between the two it would be in, and and in that scenario i can have a score in the background and it will know Absolutely. where the reader is and it will like just loop until you go to the next page and it could work i can make that work i think so yeah it, it's it sounds like like a like an incredibly huge project that would take forever to make but i i could probably do it. well look how far look how well you're doing this now right like this is a, a huge project that you're doing a, with your a, podcast and your youtube oh, that's crazy but look at what you're doing <laughs> yeah see totally worth think, it you know what you should be a motivational speaker <laughs> you just you just turn my whole outlook around i know you, you know, can do it <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, every uh, we, we, there's, there's. I love that of... you know my references. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I would never ask a lady her age, but I'm willing to bet that we're probably pretty close in age because you know you were talking about like CD players in 2009 and stuff, and I, I remember coming home from high school on my bike and stopping at the music store at the mall on the way home because it was Tuesday and new music comes out on Tuesday and my favorite band <laughs> has a new album or whatever. And then Wednesdays, I would stop at the comic book store because new comics would come out on Wednesday. So I would go in on Wednesdays and get the new comics on my stupid little bike and go all the way home. And and what else was there? Like uh, And then yeah. on Fridays, you go to Blockbuster. Yes. You the movie. Yeah. For yes, weekend. because the movies come out on Friday. Yes. Dude, the trip to Blockbuster was always the highlight of the week. We were always looking forward to it, browsing through the aisles. <laughs> now you just wipe on Netflix for two hours and then decide that you can't find anything. Then you just watch Friends again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so every author, uh, uh, we ask this on, on this particular show to every author. We ask about um, uh, writer's block. Everybody thinks a little differently on it. Some authors don't believe it even exists. Others are crippled by it. And uh, I just wonder, do you suffer from writer's block? And if so, how do you battle your writer's block? Oh, yeah, that absolute. I, I totally believe in it. Yeah. That's interesting that you say some people don't believe in it, like ghosts. I don't I don't believe in it. I, I, I believe really? that, I believe that it's a misunderstanding. Um, hmm. you, you think that you have writer's block, but really there's something wrong in your story or you didn't plot well enough and you have to go back to your outline. So I guess it depends on what break. the description or what yeah. the yeah, what what the definition of writer's block is. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, folks say, "Well, you know, I'm working on a novel, and I sat down, and I was, you know, I went down to write, and I couldn't think of anything, and nothing would come out, and I couldn't write anything." And I'm like, "Where's your outline, dude? Every time I sit down to write, I know exactly what I have to write because I outlined it six months ago, and I just pull it up and like, okay, today I'm writing this. Here I'm writing this scene. This is yeah. the scene that I have to write. And again, even if I am." you know, I know what I'm writing and I'm in the scene. If I run into anything where I'm like, the words are not flowing, I just acknowledge something is wrong. Let's go back. Let's let's go back and see where I made a, a wrong turn. Or a placeholder. Start, yeah, or a placeholder and move on, whatever you want to do. I, I got a buddy on here, Kent Sean, who uh, swears by this. He says, if you run into a writer's block while you're writing your novel, hit that delete button and hold it down. 
and just watch the words disappear until you can't anymore, until you stop. Like, oh, no, no, this is a really good spot. That's that's where you pick up again. Start from there. Oh, my gosh. Live that's that dangerously? Does. I'm not that's so sure does. I can do that. That's what he does. <laughs> and that, so everybody battles it differently. So you say that you, you do come up against writer's block. What's yours like and how do you battle it? Oh, I think it's more of like, let's say, now you were asking me earlier, what was the next book I'm writing after the trilogy? Mm. And I was thinking about it and I know where the book is going to be or where it's sort of the outline. I haven't done the outline yet. And I think that's probably where the biggest writer's block is, is mm. where I'm necessarily going to put things or how I'm going to put it, right? And it's always the first scene that I sort of struggle with or I take my time in. And I don't, sometimes like with the third book, I I think I wrote out two different scenes before I finally decided on the one that I wanted. Um, so I that's probably what I would consider my writer's block. It's where I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to start it. And normally my best ideas come when I'm in the shower and I'm wasting water apparently. <laughs> but now think about it. And right tell before the you sleep, you start... they'll come after you. <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm getting clean. It's it's do it's multi. I'm I'm multi working. Yeah. I'm doing two things at the same time. <laughs> no, um, but like when I'm when I'm going to bed, what I like to do is I like to dream about. I like to think about that scene. You know, like the scene I'm trying to write, and then see what comes to me right before I sleep. Which is very dangerous, also because there is a chance that you might not remember it. Yeah. Right, but like hopefully it comes back again if that's the case. But I feel like it helps. You know, because you. When you're relaxing and you're thinking about you're, you're thinking about something, but you're letting your subconscious go because you're about to go to sleep, it it releases your creativity and it allows you to think outside the box. Yeah, I think. And you know, you're talking about your best ideas coming at you, you know, in the shower and stuff like that. Like that's that's such a big part of the creative process for so many of us. You know, Taika Waititi is a is a well known director and, and writer, and uh, and he. he famously was in a in an interview recently and they asked him if he had been writing his next movie and he's like i mean i am but like what is writing really sometimes writing is just opening up your laptop and staring at a blank screen for eight hours and then crying and then shutting it and, and going about that your is day the process and that's, that's the process. Still the process and then you got guys like uh you know quentin tarantino who uh, said that early in his career, he would do the author, you know, trying to be a, a quirky author thing where oh, I can only write at night when everyone is asleep <laughs> and the world is dreaming <laughs> or whatever. And it's and it's all nonsense because it's just you like trying to like figure it out, trying to, you know, find your way. And now he's just a nine to five kind of guy. He wakes up in the morning. He basically clocks in, gets his words in. When he's done, he stops. He says he goes and he sits in his pool and he just thinks about like what he wrote today. He thinks about what he's going to write tomorrow, and that's all part of the process. It's all part of you know how you. Yeah, write. sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it happens when you're not intending it. Like when after I wrote Reverie, I hadn't intended on writing Revenant right away. You know, I was enjoying that it was published. It was my first book published. I was enjoying all of that, everything about it. But when I would go to sleep, I would have ideas in my mind and the scene that would come in. And everything and finally i said okay you know my character is not shutting up i actually have to start writing this thing yeah so it can go both ways it could go even when you're intentionally trying to take a break but it won't stop or mm. when you want it to go but it's not coming so you just gotta go with yeah. it. yeah yeah it's it's uh 
it's the yin and yang of it, right? Like it, yeah, it, but on that note, <laughs> whether or not you're inspired to write, I always encourage that you do write, even if mm. it's crap. Mm-hmm. Just write. Yeah, that's the other the other uh, side of it for me. When when uh, writer's block hits, and it's that really severe one where you really can't get any words down of anything down, um, I always suggest free uh, uh, free writing. You know, uh, uh, what's it called? Stream. It doesn't of have to be your book. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be anything about your book. It could be something stream of consciousness different. writing. And you know, you pull over a piece of paper, you grab a pen. You know, you make sure that it's it's something tactile. You know, maybe the clicky clacks work for you, but when I do it, I have to pick up a pen and a paper, and I have to just start writing. And it's nonsense at first. It's like I don't know what to write. This is all nonsense. This is really stupid. I can't believe I'm writing, and yes. I just keep on going and I keep on going. And then I and then I set a timer for 45 minutes because if if that's like the sweet spot. Like by then, I will have broken the dam and the water is flowing again, and I'm writing and. By the time that timer goes off, either I am happy with what I've written and I'm gonna stop, or I'm into it now and I can't stop. And you know, like I'm, I'm going. Um, but right. even if, even if I didn't come up with anything, you know, earth shattering during that, at least I wrote something and I broke through the whole like I can't write. You know, a lot of times I'll write like something unrelated, right? So I'd write, yeah. um, I would write a blog post. Although I haven't written a blog post in a while, so you caught me by I wasn't surprise. Say anything, actually doing the, research yeah. on that. I was like, oh my gosh, bring up my blog. I haven't written anything in forever. <laughs> it was funny because I, re- I was reading through it and I read the first uh, entry. And I read the second one. And then the third one down was like from almost a year ago. And it was like, I'm going to try to write more in my blog. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was that was my blog for a really long time until I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna take this thing down because I'm not writing anything for this. Thing. <laughs> It's been helpful. Like I've been like, okay, I'll do the blog post and everything, and I'm just kind of like, wow. <laughs> I, I still think it's going to be in 2023. It's still going to be one of those things. It's going to be one of those things I'm going to write down like every week, every month. I'm going to write something. I have never been a journaler. I have never been. A, a blogger i can't i've tried i've tried many many times to like get a blog going for a long period of time couple entries in and it just kind of fades away i have bought journals diaries and i am going to be one of these people who documents their life and i swear okay. two days of like writing a, an entry at night and then i forget it exists and i never write <laughs> i used to be a journalist when i was not not journalist like a journal writing person a, 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 yeah <laughs> not not a journalist but um when i was younger when i was in high school and when i was in university that's what i'd be doing i i would always journal stuff right and um so i didn't think it was going to be that difficult i remember when blogging first started and my mm-hmm. friends were all like oh it's totally up your alley and i'm like Is it? wait it's a journal that anyone can read yeah, yeah. i'm not so sure about that <laughs> dude that when live seem like when live journal came on the scene I was in high school, me and my high school girlfriend, we were just like, oh, live journal. We're just going to journal our <laughs> lives away. And then it just became this like totally toxic thing in our relationship. Where we'd be like checking each other's <laughs> journals and see what we said about each other. <laughs> and now it's Instagram. And now it's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, now it's, it's always Instagram. something. Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it all comes down to. <laughs> um, okay, now, how about imposter syndrome? There's, that's the other big one. You always have writer's block and imposter syndrome. These are the two big challenges for a lot of, especially new writers. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever struggle with that side of things, with imposter syndrome? Who doesn't? Who doesn't have? <laughs> I, genuinely, who doesn't? Like, 
as a writer when you're starting right and then you read you'll read books because you normally aren't a writer unless you read a lot of books and so you read these books and then you're like read something amazing and you go how dare how dare I think that I can possibly be in the same category as these magical beings that write these incredible things and sometimes you're like <laughs> hey he hasn't finished it I don't care they're still up there. <laughs> I you know I I feel I have such like empathy for George Martin because I've been writing mine for three years and it's only 150,000 words and you know this one is the first one the smallest book is four times that and uh, and I'm gonna judge this man like I don't think and so. and, like, and more people died in the first chapter than probably your entire book probably <laughs> although I, I do take after him with my bloodlust by the end I, I'm like oh dear how many more people oh, can I kill before the end of this book <laughs> oh dear I remember I was reading it right and I'm like oh I like this character and he wasn't even a, he wasn't even the main character it was, it was like it, it sets the tone for the entire series is oh yeah this one character that I like dies almost immediately mm -hmm. and that's exactly how the rest of the series went yeah yeah and uh, you, you know it's usually right around the point in the book where you go, you know what? I really hated this character at first, but now I'm really starting to like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and you uh, know it. You know it. You're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is going to happen. They're like, oh, this feels oddly like a character arc completed. I, I imagine the next page <laughs> will end in death. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other way? You got to kill them off, man. Like once their story's told, that's it. It's just, okay. you know. Any other I way. So yeah, I feel like you read those books, of course you're going to be like, how dare I compete? But then there's yeah. sometimes you write something and you read it over and you're like, damn, that was pretty good. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and you're like, I can do this. So, mm -hmm. but again, you need your tribe to tell you that, hey, you can do this. You're not, it's not BS. Some things need help. Some things need work. It's, yeah. but it's not total crap, you know? You know, I, I, my editor was my sister. She's a very good writer, a better writer than me. Uh, went to school for creative writing. She's got some uh, poetry published. She's worked on a couple of screenplays, that kind of thing. And so she was editing my novel. And I'm very, very grateful for her because she is very good at giving you both writerly feedback and readerly feedback mm. uh, at the same time so while she's correcting all of your typos and your grammar and you know saying hey you know this reads a little clunky maybe something more like this blah 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 she's giving you all of that stuff but at the same time she'll read a line that makes you go yo this was good this i'm highlighting this one this is a really good line or oh i'm you know, that's a great editor. This is sparking, yeah. you know, theories. I think that maybe it's going to go this way. And she's giving you like the reader experience of like, oh, you know, the mystery is leading me down this way. These clues are leading me down this way. And, you know, when she's surprised by something. So all of that stuff is, is very, very useful. That's valuable. That's valuable oh, yeah. feedback, I think. Oh, yeah. Because and then you need to know if what you're writing is effective. Absolutely. I, I recommend it to anybody who's editing for a writer. Uh, if you can at all, try to include notes like that about the reader experience of it all, and not so not only the writer stuff, because uh, you know that's important. How how a reader is going to feel? How you know are the emotions actually hitting? Do you feel like it's going to you know move people and you know, that kind of thing? And and that's so serves, that's your sister. That's my sister. My, she's my editor. Yeah. Okay, and, my uh, brothers. Um, contribution to my writing is that yeah. they finally admitted I'm not adopted. 
you have accomplished something. We're proud of you. We accept you as one of our own. That's that's how I knew that. Oh my gosh, this was a successful endeavor because they I'm were the like older brother. So I'm the, I'm usually the one who would be like, "You're adopted. My our parents don't even love you." <laughs> yeah, I'm the youngest, so I get the yeah. brother of all that. But yeah. like when it was done, he goes, "You know, I think we're going to stop telling people that you're adopted." <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Thank you very much. Please do <laughs> immediately. <laughs> brothers, brothers are hilarious. Um, so yeah, that that readerly feedback helps with the whole imposter syndrome thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the same way that I think that uh, writer's block is usually a, a misunderstanding of the writing process. I think uh, that the 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 uh, imposter syndrome is also a misunderstanding of the writing process because every accomplished author gives the same advice to new writers and that is steal from everyone steal from the people that you like <laughs> steal from the people that you read if you like the way neil gaiman's prose uh, uh, reads then write try to write like neil gaiman's prose if you like the way george martin's chapters are structured as i did model your own you know with the point of view chapters like that. if you like it if it works for them try that and and so you put all these things together and you slowly build your own style and you slowly become your own author that somebody else will emulate mm. later on. And so you feel like, oh, I'm stealing from all these guys. And they're all like, please do. Like, steal away. <laughs> George R.R. Yeah, R. Martin. Imitation, right? Is the yeah. greatest form of flattery. It's how you find yourself. George R.R. R. Martin does not have two middle names that that, that that start with R. He adopted that because his idol was J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> he doesn't have middle names. He's just George Martin, and we call him George R. R. Martin. He stole. We call him Gur. Gur Martin. He stole J. J. R. R. Tolkien's name. Like steal from the greats. <laughs> and you'll get but not the answer. whole name. Like no, don't use the whole the name. name. Yeah, just the middle. <laughs> name. <laughs> just the middle initial. That's that's all you're allowed to steal. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you know, emulate how they write, emulate the kind of stories. I have uh, another uh, author friend uh, that I met through through TikTok, uh, you know, with this whole process of getting you guys on here. Um, and uh, he uh, he talks a lot about writing a book that you love reading. In other words, like open up to the first page of Game of Thrones and just start writing what he wrote and just like write it again, much like a guitarist learns to play guitar by playing songs that other bands have written and created already you will learn to write by writing this that that book like see it write that chapter and see like how he started it how he ended it what he peppered in along the way what he's setting up for later in the book what he's paying off like learn how he does it and, and you know what my difficulty too. was what's that i told you earlier that i like to read sci-fi but i don't actually write sci-fi sure and apparently uh, there's a difference in the writing technique too. Mm. Like when you're when you're writing or when you're reading adult sci-fi, the way you read it is, you know, it's a completely different genre. It's a completely different style. So sure. if you write YA with the same thing, such as like, oh, the way you write your paragraphs, where this is how the person says something, it doesn't translate as well. Yeah, it'll feel weird. It'll it'll yeah. something will feel odd to the reader there. Yeah. Yeah, that and was a learning what, curve. And you know what? If that's what you're going for, then that works too. You know what I mean? Like I like you, I I love sci-fi movies. I don't really read a lot of sci-fi books. My book, 
is a sci-fi setting. Um, it's a murder <laughs> mystery set in a sci-fi fantasy world. I don't really read sci-fi, but I read a lot of fantasy and I read a lot of murder mysteries. And I just love the sci-fi setting. I love like the whole like aesthetic of this futuristic world and the technology and what has progressed and what hasn't. Possibilities. And sure. And how people still suck even 10,000 years in the future. <laughs> like I love all that stuff. Like that's, that's a, mm, 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 my bread and butter. So, <laughs> so it's interesting how we write things that we, that we like to read, but we also write things that we don't read. <laughs> like, well, they say you have fine. to like, you have to write something that you like to read because mm -hmm. you're going to be reading it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know that's that's why I write the way that I write because I have uh, ignored so much good advice from other authors in creating this book. Every established author has told me the same thing: don't make your first book part of a series; it's a trilogy. <laughs> uh, don't make your first book have an ensemble cast; just stick with one point POV. I've got like three main characters, two other side characters that have their own chapters, a couple other like C characters. Have, like it's it's bananas in there. Um, you know, don't do a genre bender. Stick to one genre. I have like five genres going on in this show right now. Like I just like I'm like, yep, great advice. I'm going to ignore that and do what I want anyway because I like I like to read this stuff, and so I'm going to write what I like to read, and I'm going to write what I like to watch. You know, my absolute favorite quote is "Know the rules, but know when to break them." Yes, that's a good one. I'm get that tattooed. That's a good one. <laughs> know the rules and know when to break. Know when the rule. Know all the rules, but know when to break them. I love it. Well, Miss Laxon, I believe that brings us to the end of this episode of Typewriters Podcast. Uh, it has been absolutely lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. So relaxed and laid back, like you're a pro and have done this so many times before. Uh, it, it's it's fantastic. It's been full of laughs and great advice, and it has been fantastic. This will air on Thursday. Um, it's a premiere, uh, so there is a live chat component during the premiere. If you would like to show up, if you're not too busy, I'll be in there. We can hang out and talk with the with the viewers. Uh, but otherwise, it'll be up there in perpetuity, and you can watch it whenever. I'll send you all the links and stuff. Um, go ahead and say goodbye to everybody at home because this is actually the last time. For real, for real. For real, for real. Thanks for sticking around and watching and um, hope to see you guys soon someday. Short and sweet and to the point. I love it. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Like, comment, subscribe. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give me a five-star review. You're allowed to tell me anything you want in the review, even if you're telling me that I suck at doing this, as long as you give me a five-star. Give me the five stars, and then you can say whatever you want. Um, okay, and uh, subscribe on YouTube and all that good stuff. Uh, Sunday, we have live stream Sunday. Tuesday, we have Tuber Book Club. And uh, I'll see you guys at all of those. Right on, writers. We out. <laughs>